Mark Gunnels, welcome into the second edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Basketball Edition. Welcome in. I'm excited to be here. And you know what? Another team excited to be here. People excited to be here. At the, at the All-Star break, people were talking about the Boston Celtics as a, as a sneaky Eastern Conference contender. And we'll start today's fast break with them. Because since the All-Star break, they've been on fire. How are you? And what do you think about Boston? I'm good, man. Good to be here for week two of this. And as far as Boston goes, hey, man, I must admit, I was totally wrong on this team before this season. I actually said they would miss the playoffs. And it started off looking like I was right. I mean, they were struggling to start the season. Obviously, uh, Tatum and Brown, a lot of things going on there. They still don't have a true point guard. But, hey, I can't deny they're playing good basketball right now. They got them guys uh, going good. Marcus Smart hustling, doing all the dirty things, not dirty plays. He's just making the, the, the dirty things necessary for that team to be successful, especially defensively. So, hey, I got to give credit where it's due, man. They're playing good ball right now. I feel like Marcus Smart is a player that everybody wants Patrick Beverly to be. You know, <laughs> like he – like. Yeah, uh, like he's not dirty. He just plays really hard. You know, he's he's gonna be. You know, he's he's gonna shoot more than you probably like him to. If you're a Boston fan, if you, you know, if you're rooting against the Celtics, you're you're perfectly fine with the amount of time that Marcus Smart is shooting the ball. But he, I feel like he's like the player that everybody wants. After watching Patrick Beverly uh, play against the Mavericks yesterday, that's that was my takeaway. Like Marcus Smart is like a much cooler and uh, and more uh, reserved and like just more palatable version of Patrick Beverly. But uh Celtics right now 18 and 3 since February 1st. They just came off a perfect West Coast road trip. They the last one they had was versus OKC. They beat them 30, 132 to 123. And I may Udoka I mean I I don't know what he did to turn this thing around. But I remember reading 538 projections saying that Celtics had a shot to come out of the East at the All-Star break and laughing about it. Like, there's no chance that the Celtics are coming out of the East. Have you seen the Celtics play this year? And didn't make any significant, really, trade deadline moves of, of note. Like, maybe no no real, you know, no, you would have thought maybe Brown or Tatum was on the block. No, only thing that uh, Brown and Tatum have been doing is just scoring, going off and on, scoring 30 points a game uh, the last you know, 21 or 22 games. And I, is this finally, like, the 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 wing pairing that we thought that we were going to see? Like, because, I mean, we've seen this in the Eastern Conference Finals with Terry Rozier as, as a point guard. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it is. It is for right now, for sure, 100%. And honestly, I mean, the way the East is setting up right now, obviously with Brooklyn, we're not sure if Kyrie's going to be able to play in home games in the playoffs. Obviously, Milwaukee, Miami, but Philadelphia has been kind of on and off as of late. I mean, it's really kind of there for them to make a run, depending on the matchups and the seedings, right? That's how it really is going to determine, I think, if they can make, let's say, an Eastern Conference Finals push. I think it's probably that's their ceiling, right? Losing in the Conference Finals. I think that's probably their max. But, I mean, hey, like I said, the way it's setting up Chicago, they've been reeling. I mean, they're trying to get some guys back like Lonzo Ball. I know Caruso's back now. But Boston, I mean, they're clicking at the right time. They really are. And when you have two wings like that that can play not only offensively, but they're getting after it defensively as well, too. Let's not forget, Boston's one of the top defensive teams in the league. And that's what's really been impressive to me. 
considering that they are traditionally an undersized team. We look at their center position. I know Robert Williams has been playing pretty good, but they're not a really big team, right? Like they got Al Horford playing the five a lot and things like that. So they're, they're really playing good basketball, man. And they're a team that if you're looking at some future odds to come out the East, I'm sure their odds are pretty favorable. And it's a, it's a pretty decent chance. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but, uh, you know, for the odds perspective, it's not a bad place. I just, it's just still hard for me to see that it's going to actually happen. I still think that you have, I don't know, if you rank, depending on how you rank your players, I think you have like Philly has two of the best two players in the NBA. Milwaukee has, you know, one of the best players in the NBA and top and top 10. I think Boston still has, are looking outside in with two top 10 guys. I don't think either one, Brown nor Tatum, is like quote unquote top 10 or tier one. But I don't know. I think Tatum I might be top think, 10. Uh, I don't know. Tatum is making a, he's making a star turn, <laughs> I'd say. Like, I think maybe this is – I was about to say, like, I think maybe this is his ascension into that role because he, he's been pretty consistently – especially in the last, I don't know, 20, 30 games. He's, he's been pretty consistently just scoring at will. Now, I just I've – I've seen too many Jay Tatum games where he'll come out and have 19 in the first half and then finish the game with 24. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I need to see. But I will say, like, <laughs> that hasn't really been true in the last probably 30 games, 40 games of this season. He's really he's really coming to his own. And let's see. If you want if you want the Celtics to win the East right now, to win the East, you get them at, at plus 650. So six and a half to one to win the Eastern Conference. Mark says that's not a bad bet. I don't think it's a good bet because I don't think it's going to happen. But I still think, I mean, but these futures odds are jacked. They have the Nets. Do you think Do you think the Nets are going to win the East? It depends on Kyrie. Is he going to be available for home games? No. Then, then no. no. There's, been, then there's no. been no evidence. There's been no evidence that the city of New York so far is planning on, on changing their vaccine status mandate. It's all just kind of like a hope and a dream, right? And like... Eric Adams said it like a couple weeks ago, like just 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 within ten days ago, he was like, "Kyrie can play. All he needs is to get the shot. Kyrie's not gonna get the shot. There's nothing. There's no reason for me to believe that Kyrie Irving's gonna be available for for New York uh, home games in the next in the, in the foreseeable future." Well, to answer your question, no, they're not coming out the East. Absolutely not. No way. Because right now they're the betting favorite at at, at you know plus two eighty, so just under three to one. Milwaukee wow, that's as, crazy. As, as plus 290, and Philly and Miami are plus 350 and plus 480, respectively. I think if I was putting my money anywhere to win the East, it'd have to be on, still, Milwaukee and Miami at plus 290 and Miami at plus 480. Yeah, I mean, I think Miami, I mean, not Miami, I think Milwaukee is going to come out the East. But as far as the value, you're not getting much value there. So the value play is Boston. Hey, what you said plus six fifty? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, but three to one versus you know seven or six and a half to one is something that's not going to happen. I mean, but how many value bets have you made, Martin? I mean, come on, I've been knowing you for a while now. You made a lot of value bets that you knew wasn't really going to happen, but you did it because hey, these odds are really good, and there's a puncher's chance it could happen. You've done that plenty of times, Martin. So let's not act like that. 
I mean, in a football game, sure, where there's only one <laughs> game. I mean, the Celtics are going to have to win 12 games against – they'll have to win – what is it? Yeah, 12 Probably games. Eight games. Well, yeah, uh, well, uh, no, uh, I know they have to okay. win 12 games, but I'm saying they have to win eight games against teams that are probably better than them to make it to the final. Like, you know what I'm saying? Eight out of – eight out of what, 12 games at the uh, – yeah, eight out of 12 games that the teams are actually better than them. As opposed to like in a football game where you're sitting there looking like, hey man, you know the quarterback might have a limp here, you know what I'm saying? That's or like, the, like, the, like, or like the Colts. The Colts. There's no reason why the Colts shouldn't have won over nine and a half games. If you go back and look at the teams <laughs> that they lost to, every single one of them, it was just. And that and that's why Carson Wentz is no longer the quarterback in Indianapolis. I'm still sick. I'm still sick. You lost that bet, apparently. but yeah. You, you and me both, bro. You and me both. Like, that's what the one thing that no one wants to talk about. Everybody wants to talk about the, the Chargers and the Raiders. Did, did, were they supposed to tie on purpose because of all this and that? You know, the Colts were supposed to win against the Jaguars, and none of that was supposed to matter. That was what was supposed to happen. But I digress. Kevin Durant. We just talked about Kyrie Irving and how there is no Kyrie Irving is a part-time player. And I know he just went for 60, and the last time we all we got together for this fine program, I was singing his praises. But it seems as if he's going to remain to be a part-time player. But Kevin Durant, I'm wondering if it matters, because the Nets are 11-2 and in March, and he's averaging in March, in the nine games in March, 37-6. And, and just a very impactful 30. Like, the things he was doing last night was just gross. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you mentioned his full stat line, because – that's what's more impressive to me because we're seeing for the first time probably ever that I can remember point guard KD, point guard Durant. Listen to this, man. In his last, what, seven or eight games, eight assists, six assists, ten assists, seven assists, nine assists, seven, seven, eight. This is LeBron territory right here we're talking about. People used to say, Kevin Durant, he can't pass the ball. He can't facilitate. He's one-dimensional. He's just a scorer. Well, how about he's averaging seven assists this month? How about that since Kyrie's not there half the time? So Kevin Durant, hey, like we said last week, and, you you know, we kind of went back and forth a little bit. I'm not going to get mad at you for saying KD's the best player in the world. And you won't get mad at me for saying Giannis is the best player in the world. I mean, it's 1A, 1B as far as I think we're both concerned, right? And KD is proving that right now. So I'm happy to see point guard KD. I just, I'm so, but I'm curious what it means for the Nets going forward. Because to me, it's just, you're right. When I see, like, it's like Adrian Peters, the things he does with that ball. Kevin Durant, it's just, I don't know. Shout to Patrick Mahomes. He just is so, it's just whatever he wants, he gets on on the basketball court. Because off the basketball court, not so much. I'm sure he would have wanted Kyrie to be vaccinated. I'm sure he would have wanted James Harden not to leave Brooklyn and just to stay there. But it's it just, sitting there night in, night out, it's hard not to be like, wow, this team definitely is going to win something. But we just said it again. The Nets are the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. And unless... There's some literal political change in the New York State Legislature. I don't buy it, right? Because and it, I don't know. Maybe people got to insight in on it. But like, I don't know. And maybe if Kyrie was a Nick, maybe this wouldn't be such an issue. Maybe maybe Eric Adams would have switched the rules because he plays for the Knicks <laughs> instead of the instead of the Nets, right? Nobody likes the Nets. But but I, I just wonder 
what's the ceiling for this Nets team being as Ben Simmons? It's never good. You have a kid. This is the only other time you hear about an epidural being used. <laughs> it's in, in childbirth, right? Yeah. Well, I heard today that Ben Simmons got one in his back, right? So either Ben Simmons is delivering twins or he's not going to be seen on a basketball team for court for a long time. Like an epidural is a serious, a serious shot. Like yeah, that's like, very, that's, very that's serious, big time. Very. Like, like, you know, saying a football player is not taking an epidural and then going to play football. Maybe a Toradol shot, right? But an epidural, my guy? All right. Okay, so Ben Simmons gets an epidural <laughs> in his back. Kyrie Irving won't get a shot in his arm. So it just, like, the net ceiling to me, they feel like a second round out. But I know this. I don't want to see him in the second round. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the standings right now, I hope it stays the way it is because Brooklyn, they're eight, right? But they'll play, you know, that playing, obviously, seven, eight. And I think they'll end up being the seventh seed. And as of right now, guess who the two seed is, Martin? The 76ers. So we'll get that Kyrie, half a Kyrie, KD versus James Harden NB matchup in the first round. I would love that so much. And I would take Brooklyn. I would take Brooklyn to win that series. And the base and based on the way it's looking right now, you're probably right. Second round exit. Because as of right now, assuming Brooklyn gets past that first round, more than likely in the second round, they're gonna play Giannis in them. And I think that's where they will get knocked out in the second round. As of right now, obviously things can change with the standings, but I thought that was pretty interesting. I got a take. A hot, a hot I, take? I, I, I you got a, a hot take mark? Capital, a mark? A capital T take, yes. I hot do. take mark. The Philadelphia <laughs> 76ers are, I mean, it's not I said a hot take that the second seed in the East is going to get through the first round, but the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be much more dependent on the combination of James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. I mean, I'm sorry, of Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey than they will of James Harden and Joel Embiid. Tyrese Maxey is a player, bro. Like, I, like he's a real live, real live NBA player. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think, and I don't think he's scared. Like, he's not a Tobias Harris in which, like, as soon as somebody else comes into the lineup, that, that he's just automatically kind of, I don't want to say disappear, but Tobias Harris has a tendency to disappear. He just stands Tyrese in the corner. Tyrese gonna... He stands in the corner. Yeah, he's just going to stand <laughs> in the corner. Tyrese Maxey's going to go get it, bro. And he's he's not afraid. He had 28 last night in the game-winning block or game, you know, game-altering block. Like, I think that he is going to be uh, – I easily see – Hey, I'm not saying that this is the same type of combo, but do remember when James Harden was in OKC and they had Durant and he had Westbrook and Harden was more a facilitator than a score than big time scorer. I see Maxi and Embiid being the guys that are going to be the big point guys leading this Philadelphia 76ers team through the playoffs, where Harden takes more of a backseat role. I really do. Like he'll be the ball handler, primary facilitator, sure. But, like, in terms of who we're going to get a bucket with, I feel like the two-man action is going to be Maxi or should be Maxi and Embiid with Harden, like, providing some space in there. I don't think that's a terrible take. I'm actually proud of you, man. That was that, that took a lot of thought, um, you know, a very, um, you know, open-minded of you. So uh, I'm very proud of you, Martin. That was really nice. Uh, but if that's the case, 
that's a major indictment on James Harden. And that shows how, how much you think of him. Because we're talking about a, a multi-time scoring champion, a guy that they brought in there to bring him over the top. And, and you're saying that he's going to be the third scorer come playoff time. That, 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 mm-hmm. That's an indictment on him. And I love Tyrese Maxey. Don't get me wrong. I think Tyrese Maxey is a future all-star. Like, I'm really high on him. But if that's J- for James Harden, that's not good. That's not good. I'd say the only thing the the reason why it's not the biggest cause for concern to me about James is is you had remember just last year in the uh, the sixteen games that the Nets had together or was it around game three Kyrie was just like James you're the point guard and everybody else was like duh we know you know what I'm saying but it was the idea, the idea that Kyrie wouldn't set it I think eventually we're gonna have, like it's just I think it's just where he's better suited if he's if he's not the only guy like if he's not the only piece of the engine, I think he might just be better suited to to be more of a facilitator. And I think that if Doc is smart, which I don't know if Doc is smart, <laughs> like I think like we'll see that happen. <laughs> but I don't know. There's only one guy that blown multiple three one leads oh, in the playoffs. Man. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like there's only one guy. So he's not necessarily known for his coaching acumen and uh and uh and, and, and making lineup changes. And stuff of that nature. So it is something I have concern for. That's fair. <laughs> Doc's Le- LeBron James. LeBron James is to thank the injury gods. Because if it was not for Brandon Ingram's ha- hamstring, Zion Williamson's foot, and being fat, and Damian Lillard's core muscle surgery. Uh, here comes the excuses. There's no chance that the Lakers would be Nah, I still think the Lakers aren't going to make the uh, playoffs. But there's no the chance. No, we got to clarify only, again, Martin. Are you saying the play in or the playoffs? The Lakers will not play eight postseason games. Okay. They will not play eight. How many games left? Ten? The Lakers have a max of, of 18 games left in their season. There you go. Okay, so they will not make the final eight after the play in. Yeah, okay. It's over. Like, it's over. It's over. And then it's all the way over. You got LeBron last night in Cleveland with a with a 30, what, 38-point triple-double saying he's having the time of his life. Time of his life. Twice in the, and how many times was they won in the last 10 games? Like, LeBron has quit on this team. And I've seen LeBron quit before. It was when he came back from his injury, when he was drinking wine, walking in on the Lonzo Ball Lakers. The, the, this team is done. Like, he's going to go out, he's going to play, but he has no expectation for this team to have any success. Quits? He's the one and, carrying the team. What are you talking about? He quit on them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not going to go out there and go get his numbers. Not gonna, obviously, he's still a professional athlete. But I'm saying he has lowered his expectations. It's not like he went out there and was like, yo, I don't give a F about passing to being second on the list. Like, we lost. Like, I want to go win. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's not the attitude he's having right now. Like, he's – tell me if I'm Did you watch him last week and he was slamming the ball on the ground and cussing out his teammates to get I a did. rebound? And you don't think he cares about and now winning? look at him. And now look at him. He's in Nirvana now. Now he's just peaceful. Now he's at terms. He's he's Don Draper at the end of Mad Men. He is at terms <laughs> with all the things that has happened throughout the last couple years and throughout the last couple months, and all he wants to do is buy the world a Coke. He's done. It's done. This Lakers team is cooked, finito, finished, and if it wasn't 
for Brandon Ingram's hamstring and Zion being too fat to come back and hoop, the Pelicans would be ahead of them. Like, teams are desperate. Like, the only teams below them, Pelicans, Spurs, uh, uh, Trailblazers, those teams have had either super injury concerns or they're the Spurs. And the Trailblazers traded everybody. No. The Lakers team is not real, and I really... They need to miss the plane. They deserve to miss well, the plane. Well, that's not going to happen. But they should. They, but there's no way. I don't give a hell who's playing for the Suns. If Devin Booker's out, if Chris Paul's out, they're winning four out of seven. And I don't care if Anthony Davis comes back. I've seen this movie before. They're not good enough. They're just not good enough. They're going to make the final eight. They're making it through the plan. They will, they will be in the playoffs, and they will play in a series. Mark it, stamp it, whatever you want to do. Why? Well, look, when they have to win, and Anthony Davis is probably going to come back, he's he's trending in the right direction, and Russell Westbrook has actually been playing good basketball the last three games. Yes, I know it's only three games, but when it comes to the play-in, and when they have to that win, was the, the underrated that was the underrated story of last night. Russ was like, yes, like, he, 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 he he's, play, he's been playing good basketball the last couple yeah. games, and when it comes to the play-in, when it's Single elimination, LeBron's going to do whatever it takes for them to win. And they're going to play like the Pelicans and probably the Clippers. Like, I feel very confident that LeBron can will the Lakers to beat those type of teams to make it to the final eight. No, oh, man. That's what I'm saying. I, that'll really, it'll really show. It'll really show. The Lakers have – who they have that coming up? They have the Pelicans twice on the schedule. That's huge. Those are huge games. Yeah. I, oh, that'd be, that would just be such such poetic justice for the Lakers to end up falling below where the Pelicans were after trading. At, the Lakers got the 76ers tomorrow, the Pelicans on Sunday, the Mavericks on Tuesday, the Jazz on Thursday, the Pelicans again on Friday, the Nuggets next Sunday, and then the Suns next Tuesday. That's a week. That's a week schedule. How many games they win in that week? How many games was that? That was what, eight games, nine games, between the 76ers, okay. Pelicans, Mavericks, Jazz, Pelicans again, Nuggets, and the Suns. All right, that's eight games. They win. I give them three. They win three. They win three. Which they win three. Oh my! They win three. Which three are they gonna win? They're gonna they're gonna beat the Pelicans at least once, maybe twice. You know what? No, they're, they're gonna beat the Pelicans twice. They're gonna beat. The, they're gonna sweep the Pelicans. So that's two wins right there, and then the and mm -hmm. they'll beat the Thunder. Oh no, you didn't go that far. You didn't go that far. You you stopped at the Suns. Okay, I thought you went the remaining schedule. Okay, and no. okay. You know what? You know what? They're gonna they're gonna oh, upset. Go ahead, do the remaining schedule because the, the next you know team on the remaining schedule is the Warriors, the Thunder, and the Nuggets again. So out of those, so which 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 games are, there will be favored in any of them except for against the Oklahoma City Thunder on April eighth? Which games are they? will be favored against the Pelicans. Maybe they'll be favored against the Pelicans. They'll be favored against the Pelicans. So yeah, Pelicans twice, OKC, and you know what? I'm gonna go out on the limb. They're gonna upset the Sixers tomorrow. You heard it. The upset in Philly, in LA tomorrow, ESPN. James Harden is not going to show up. They're going to beat the Sixers. Yeah, I said it. You did say yeah, it. Yeah, I said it. Stamp it. Re make sure you record that part. 
Make sure we put that this out. Whole thing yeah, I know. Cool. Yeah, they're beating Philadelphia Wednesday night. What's the score? 110-104. One ten one oh four. LeBron goes for 40-plus. I'll give you a side bet, Lakers minus three. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Well, I don't know what we're betting yet, but whatever we're betting, we're betting one of them. Yeah, we could. We'll, we'll just keep we'll, whatever those. We'll yeah. keep. We'll, we'll keep it yeah, up. Yeah, we'll bet some. Yeah, whatever we're doing, we're we'll betting. Bet some one. wings or something. Yeah. Uh, the lemon pepper yeah. wings. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give you. Give me 76ers plus three tomorrow night. That's not really a fair bet, honestly. You're trying to get me now. I just thought about it. You're trying to. You get just me. told me the Lakers are going to win by ten. Sixers are going to be favored by like what? Four and a half, five points probably. The line's not out yet. It's not going to be out yet. It's not out yeah. yet. But I, that's what I'm saying. The, I, you just told me the Lakers are going to win this can game I just, by, by... Can I just get it straight up? Come on. I'm, I got the underdog, man. Lakers are just going to win. All right. Let's see. We'll see what the number is when it comes out. If I'll put it like this. Just for the sake of the podcast, if the Lakers are, are underdogs by more than five, and he wants to take Lakers just to win, I'll lock it in. I'm taking Okay. Them. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, let's move on to my favorite section of the week, dunked on. Because everywhere in the world in basketball, somebody's either getting dunked on physically or figuratively. And I just want to know, what do you think a guy has to say to Joseph Nur- to Joseph Nurkic, who's not dressed and hasn't dressed seemingly? Shannon Sharp said it on TV today. I, don't, I, I, don't, I haven't really seen him play since LeBron dunked on him. <laughs> like I know he has played, but I haven't really seen it with my own two eyes. Like it feels like it's been very sparing. Like he's still been recovering from LeBron yamming on him, just like he caught. Oh, who would he catch yesterday? Who did he catch? Oh, Kevin, Kevin Love. Love. Yeah, oh. Kevin Love. No, we'll get to that in just a second. But Nurkic goes up to a fan. In Portland's 10th defeat in the last 11 games as they're desperately trying, desperately not to catch the Lakers in the play-in tournament. Goes up to a fan, takes his phone, and throws the phone. What do you think that fan had to say to Nurkic to have this 7-foot Bosnian man come over to you, grab your phone, and throw it? Hey, Nurk, remember when LeBron dunked on you? couple years ago that's the last time i seen you play basketball yo bro you're useless i haven't so are seen you, the type you. Of, are you the type of fan <laughs> that is going to games yelling stuff like that no nah, not at all that's not me nah yeah, you nah are. not at all man I'm, I'm there i'm chilling man i'm just uh sipping my beers and watching some good basketball man i'm not yelling at them guys well maybe a couple times but you know Back in my younger days, you know, I'm I'm past that now. That was a young fan. That was a young fan, man. He was a young kid. Were, you, were you a targeted booer? Were you a targeted uh, uh, throwing jabs? I I had general. I just boo. I just generally had the boo. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have the. Hey, you suck. Or, or you know, hey, Kobe. You know, you look. I don't know. Your hair is ugly. I don't know. I didn't have it. I see. I'm not. I still don't have it. Yeah. He's like, hey, either you suck or like this guy's a bum. Get him out of here, or just a standard boo. You know, I didn't have like these targeted. Hey, Nurk, remember the last the last time I saw you play? You know, I, I, 
feel like you may have had some targeted bars. No, nah, that wasn't me at all. I wasn't a targeted guy. I was just a general boo guy, man. But I will say though, there were, there are a couple guys. You know, I went to some KU games, KU basketball. You know, it's pretty crazy in Allen Fieldhouse. And you know, when the star player comes into town, you know, you kind of get on a little bit more than usual. Uh, didn't really work out one time when Buddy Hill dropped fifty on us in triple overtime. But you know, yeah. <laughs> Buddy Hill. This Lakers team would be so much better if they had just swapped Buddy Hill for Russell Westbrook right now. Uh, but also, $40,000 for throwing a phone. Kevin Durant got fined, I think it was $25,000 for telling a fan to sit down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> $40,000 for throwing a phone. I feel like that's a bit high. No, it's not. $40,000 is a bit much. Bro, that's a phone. How would you feel if somebody threw your phone? It, I would it, it feel broke. like I don't know. I, I would feel like what did I do to have this seven foot man coming? He, he's at work. <laughs> to have him coming all the way over here to feel like I, I feel like at a certain point I had it coming. I, I'm I highly doubt, and obviously I don't think we know the exact quote of what the fan said, but I'm pretty sure there's nothing he said that warrants it. This man's iPhone 13 being thrown into the 15th row and shattering into pieces. Did it shatter into pieces? No, I don't know that, but he talked, but I mean, how could it not? I mean, the way he tossed it, we don't even know where it went. Where did it go? I mean, these phones have cases now. Um, Maybe somebody caught it, but all I'm saying is I think that if you're, if Nurkic is coming up to you and do it, you did something wrong. That's like, it's like you could get into an accident with an 18 wheeler and it may not be your fault, but you probably didn't do something right. You probably need to get out the way. But did it warrant his phone being tossed, though? Do you think it, it was that bad? I mean, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but the point the point of the matter is, I, I just, if you got a problem with Joseph Nurkic, that's your problem. That's my point. That's like, if you got a problem with somebody that doggone big, that's your problem. Whatever the problem is, whatever you, if you did it, don't matter. You the one with the problem, hey, not hey, him. He tested this gangster. He didn't expect him to walk up on him like that. He thought he could just get away with a couple of jabs and, oh, it's just Nurk. You know, he ain't going to do nothing. You know, he got dunked on by old man LeBron a couple of years ago. He's in street clothes. He ain't going to do nothing. You want to talk about uh, testing somebody's gangster. Kevin Love <laughs> test. <laughs> Tested LeBron in such a way last night that I was just like, I sat back. I was watching the game live because it's easier that way. But just to, to live my life, it's easier to just watch the Lakers live on one of my TVs. And when I saw it, I was like, damn. I had it on the little TV. I was like, damn, Lori Marketing just got murdered. <laughs> and I realized it was Kevin Love. What are you doing, Kev? Get out from under there. You haven't seen this movie before? You were on the court when Nurkic got murdered. <laughs> you were there. He was on your team. What's going on? Yeah, that was bad. I was like, I felt bad, man. You know, you know, I'm a LeBron supporter, man. To see him do that to one of his brothers, like I, I didn't think he would, he would have such a cruel heart. You know, when he sees Kevin Love in that lane. You know, just give him a little finger roll, man. Just finesse it, bro. Like, that's your boy. I, and apparently, I guess Kevin was about to get married and stuff. LeBron was like, am I still invited to the wedding, bro? Like, 
like this man's about to get married, man. And, you know, he got some family. And you did that to your boy? I did find that funny. He's like, he's like, I still invited to the wedding. But I feel like, I feel like LeBron had to see him down there and be like, I'm going to get you. Because he knows. He knows that Kevin Love don't got it no more. That's why he's not there no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kevin Love still had it. He'd still be there. <laughs> Kevin Love's coming off the bench these days. What, man. what about the aggressive headlock, though? I mean, I was like, bro, you're about to really hurt LeBron. Like, it's kind of getting excessive. Like, I know you guys are boys and y'all play around, but, bro, I was, like, legit yeah. worried. <laughs> I was here for Kevin Love giving him the headlock, honestly. <laughs> like, for, like, F you, you don't think LeBron. it was a little excessive? Like, LeBron could have got hurt. You know what was excessive? You know what was excessive? <laughs> Dunking on me like that. You know where I'm not jumping like that. Come on, bro. You know I'm out here just getting, because I'm getting paid way too much to play ball than is, like, my talent level at this current moment in my age because it's all the money that you got me. So just let me just sit here and collect my checks, LeBron. Damn. I'm the sixth man. <laughs> What he what's going on? LeBron went after him like that was Joel Embiid. <laughs> no, nah, I think LeBron know better. He, he ain't gonna do that to Embiid. But hey, see, I don't know. But hey, hey, they played them all. I got the Lakers winning, so hey, we'll see. We'll see. But that that's that's my <laughs> point though. That's my point. LeBron was like, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get me a highlight real quick because Kevin Love is camped out down there, man. And I, how would you feel? If you got dunked, if I got dunked on like that, like I definitely gonna put somebody in a headlock. Like you got, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got to pay for it some kind of way because I, I can't do nothing to you on a basketball court that's gonna make a difference. Yeah, I was just like, bro, you could really like hurt this man's back. Like he's already like battling injuries and stuff. Like. Relax, Kevin Love. Like, they still need him to play, man. Like, it was a little too much for me. A little too much. And he didn't quite get dunked on this weekend, but Sal and Damashek, when we were on Extra Points, we were talking about this, is about how people, like, prognosticate NBA careers after watching two or three games of the March Madness tournament. That's exactly what I'm about to do right now. Oh, my God. But I can't wait. Oh I cannot wait to see... Chet Holmgren get dunked through the rim for the first four years of his NBA career after after hearing about this guy for all of this time and just seeing how he's just getting pushed around in the NCAA tournament. And I'll say this. I don't normally go out and say that a guy is going to be a bust or a guy is not going to be good. The last two guys that I was like, I don't see it in the NBA, the first was Zion Williamson and this one. Like, I don't see how Zion is going to be a functional NBA player because he's the defensive tackle. And I don't see how Chad Holmgren is going to be a functional NBA player because he is a broomstick. Well, first of all, the only reason you're semi-right right now about Zion is because he's not playing. Last year, the guy... Okay, the guy part of the reason why he's not playing is because he's the, a defensive tackle that's trying to dunk The guy all averaged the time. 27 like, points like, a game last year, so he, he's definitely... But you a, understand that part of the reason why he's not playing is because his body is not built for basketball. His body is built to play a different sport. That's why but he's when not he playing, was playing, he averaged 27 points a game. And you said he's not a functional not. player. That's not right. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> When's the last time he functionally played? Okay, but you said, okay, never mind. Anyway, it's about Chet. That's it's what I'm saying. Chet. Like, it's he's not, Chet. like, to be a functional NBA player, you have to be, availability is part of that. 
Like you have to be available. So for is is Kawhi not a functional <laughs> basketball player? Not at the current moment. Okay. <laughs> like he had like okay. like like you know what I'm saying? And like since San Antonio, he's been that for effectively one year when he went to to uh, Toronto, and then he came back. To, and ever since that day, he hasn't like he hasn't been able to be on the court. And in, even in Toronto, it was still uh, a very much you have to manage his, his exposure and manage his viability and manage this and that. Like Joel Embiid, his first year or two in the league, wasn't a functional player. He wasn't on the court. Like he's not. He's not on the court. Like he's just like part of it. That's part of being. Your body has to be able to withstand at least sixty-five games of this eighty-two game season. Or you, you know, what are you doing? Okay, I see your angle on this. Okay. But anyway, to chat, you're you're so wrong on him, and it's really sickening because you only watched two games, I believe, of him all year. I mean, the guy is super super skilled. He can bring the ball up. He can shoot. He can pass. He's a great rim protector. Uh, I mean, he do, he fills the stat sheet. He does everything you can ask for. And obviously, his frame, we understand that. But people were saying the same thing about Kevin Durant when he first came out. Oh, he's too skinny. He can't play. He's not going to be able to play physical basketball in the NBA. And he's turned out very, very well. And I'm not saying Chet's going to be Kevin Durant, but I'm just saying, like, we've heard this argument before about guys with that physique. I, I texted you this in the moment. I'll say it out loud. These GMs going to get fired real fast trying to find the white Kevin Durant. Because let me tell you something. Just because this dude is seven foot tall and has like can shoot from three in college, that don't make Kevin Durant is an outlier. Kevin, Dur- like if you're going out looking for the next KD, I'm telling you, you're in bad shape. I'm letting you know. You're in bad shape. That The next KD doesn't exist. Even the guys that you, even the guys that you have said to me, it's like, oh, this guy looks like maybe like he has like KD potential, like Brandon Ingram or Michael Porter Jr. Right, like those guys. You know what? They're still not Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're still incredible, they're still really good scores, right? But they're not Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant, like you said, what's he doing right now? Averaging seven to ten assists in the last a uh, couple games in March while scoring 30, 30 while getting six and a half rebounds. While a starting point guard is out, and while somebody else who's supposed to be making a, a big a big influence on the team, Ben Simmons is also out, and he was doing nothing but that beforehand when James Harden was there dogging it, right? So it's like Kevin Durant is exceptional. Kevin Durant is is is, is the alternative. There is like Kevin Durant is not the standard. If you're just looking at like if you're if you are prognosticating that this guy's going to be the next KD, or this guy's going to be the next LeBron, or this guy's going to be the next Michael Jordan. Like or the next Larry Bird, like I don't know, like I, I don't understand that whole concept in drafting in general because it's like those guys don't exist for real, like they're they're outliers. Like I, you, how how can that be your comp- comparison? I'm not saying you, but I'm saying like the, yeah. the overarching draft when you've only seen one of these guys before ever. There's never been another guy like Kevin Durant before. Like close closest guy probably to Kevin Durant would be like Dirk Nowitzki in terms of like a seven footer. Who's like really skilled offensively and like seven footers shooting from three, handling the ball. Like I don't think of another guy who even has the potential, who would have had the potential to average the type of numbers that KD averages at seven feet tall, and and do it in the same way, like to be a seven foot guard slash forward. Yeah, and I know you. I know you're not talking to me directly, but yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be Kevin Durant. I don't think anybody's really saying he's going to be exactly 
like Kevin Durant. I just think people see characteristics that are similar to a Kevin Durant, right? You know, like the ball handling, the shooting, the facilitating, um, the ability to guard multiple positions, and obviously the, the body frame, you know, real linky, uh, skinny, seven-footer type of guy, right? And he's not even as athletic as KD was, right? We understand that. But there's some characteristics there. That's all we're saying. Well, I'm saying you can characteristic your ass all you want to. <laughs> if you take him first overall in the NBA draft, you're setting yourself up to be right back in the lottery three years. So from you now. think he's gonna be? All you think you, you think he's a complete bust? I think he's just. I think he, his ceiling is NBA player, like just NBA player. Like the wow. idea that that's his ceiling. That's his ceiling. Yeah. Like I didn't like I like the idea that this guy's gonna be a star. Like there was no denying the fact that Zion had star power. Right, the idea that people cared about what Zion was doing, right? Um, whether or not his actual, I thought he needed to lose some weight and get a jump shot before he was going to be like super effective in the NBA. But when he's on the court, he is effective. He's just never, he just can't play. He's just his body is not built for basketball, so it, it breaks down with you know at the current rate. Like Chet Holmgren's body is probably built for basketball. It's just in the NBA, who is he going to guard? Like I'm looking at Georgia State and uh, and Memphis checking uh, and 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 he's guarding guys who are like six five six six and they're blowing by him. I'm like I'm like yeah 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 pull him out of there pull him out cross his ass up because he can't keep up with you. Yeah, I think in the NBA he'll be a, a stretch four. He'll be a guy that obviously depending on the matchup. I mean we know how the NBA is now. There's not really traditional power forwards right like you don't have those charles barkley like bruiser type of guys at the four position anymore i mean there's a couple of them but most of them are you know stretch force right so he fits into today's nba where he can get away with that now if you're talking about like the early 2000s the 90s when you have real bruisers that will get on the block and put your ass down and back you down then yeah i would get your argument but that's not today's NBA. Like, even centers now, there's not even that many traditional centers. There's only a couple that really are going to bang with you, like an Embiid or a Jokic or things like that. Maybe even Aiden a little bit. But the, the game has changed, Martin. Like, he's fine for today's NBA. He's going to be okay. Bam Adebayo will break this man in half. He wouldn't guard Bam. Uh, uh, Jokic will break this man he in half. Guard him. Uh, 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 what's his name? What's his name? Uh, uh, Joel Embiid will break his man. He wouldn't in half. guard him. He wouldn't guard none of these guys. Who would they be guarding? He's, Who would he guard the then? Four. He's gonna be a stretch four. He's, Your name is centers. But all right, all right. So then, in that case, the, whoever is actually playing the four on the other side, outside of PJ Tucker, just gonna blow by him. He's gonna. You're telling me he's gonna stay in front of the of. Uh, of, uh, of like the Jeff Greens of the world. Not that Jeff Green is some big, great ball handler, but like he's a guy who's been playing stretch four in the playoffs for a lot of different NBA teams. Jeff Green is blowing by him. Royce O'Neal is blowing by him. Like, and like when, and there's Terrence Mann is blowing by him. As you know, because that's what happens, right? They're going to, all they're going to do is go small. They'll go small with their six man instead of their, their actual other, other big and just blow past Chet Holmgren until he has to come out of the game or play the five. You know what? This sounds very familiar to me. It sounds very similar to how people were talking about Dirk Nowinski 
like, because Dirk never could guard anybody, right? Uh, he was a slow-footed power forward as well. Guys could blow past him, or guys could bang with him, right? Like, he was good for neither one of those. It's okay. Everybody on your your team is not going to okay, be. So, so is Chet Homer going to be good for twenty five and eight for his career? He has to put. He like has that's to, he has, like that's, has, that's the trade off. Yeah, he has potential to be. Yes, he does. I I don't see any of that. I don't see none of it. None of it. Unless that boy puts on some weight. He's gonna get in the like he's gonna be in the NBA weight room, man. Come on, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine, Martin. I can't wait so we can argue this in like. Three or four years. I can't wait. I told you, if I had to take the over-under of Chet Holmgren All-Star Games at three and a half, I'd slam the under. That's wild. That is wild. <laughs> I'd slam it. It's that's, The under would be a lock. Under three and a wow. half would be a lock. Wow. I'll go now with my lemon pepper parlay, my play of the day. I'm taking the Denver Nuggets minus six and a half, and I'm parlaying that with Monte Morris over 11 and a half points. He's not really a scorer, but he has hit 10 or more points in seven of the last 10 games. 11 and a half is only one and a half points more than that. I'm going to go ahead and take the Nuggets minus seven. Monte Morris over 11 and a half. Let's eat. So I'm going to take – I'm going to double dip here in the same game. I'm going to take the Atlanta Hawks minus three against the Knicks in the Garden. Obviously, they love some Trey Young up there in New York. So I'm also going to take Trey Young over on points at 27 and a half. Look, I know he hasn't really reached that number in the last game or two, but before that, he's been on a tear, and we all know in New York he's going to want to put on the show because they're going to be saying, F Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young, you suck. All of that stuff. We're talking about, you know, targeting guys, right? They're gonna they love to target Trey Young in the Madison Square Garden. He's gonna put on the show, slam the over on the points, and the Hawks minus three. Well, we'll see what happens with Chad Holmgren. And we'll see what happens with the Los Angeles Lakers. But I don't think we'll see either one of them playing basketball too much longer in the year twenty twenty two. Or in the season 2022. <laughs> we'll see, man. I disagree. We'll see. All right, man. You'll be on the, you'll actually will be on Extra Points Pod with me, Cousin Sal, and Dave Damashek on Thursday to formally introduce you to this madness. But uh, until then, I'll catch you later, bro. Yes, sir. We out. <laughs>